Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome into the Gramlich and McLean podcast, presented by Ingles, the official supermarket of Gramlich and McLean. Somehow, on this beautiful Monday, as we are Monday morning quarterbacking all these games, Mac is already back at his house. He was, we're recording this Sunday afternoon. He was in Tallahassee all day on Saturday, great coverage, got like two hours of sleep, all the way back at his house. I mean, the dude time travels. Mac, you time travel. It's quick. It's quick, KG. Listen, when uh, Kelsey Riggs allows me to use her private jet, uh, that makes things a lot easier. So when you have that PJ, you're able to just go, you know, big shout out to Kelsey letting me borrow that. And I was able to get home. I was able to get home. Uh, Mac is joking, but that is hilarious. Uh, classic. Your PJ <laughs> is called American Airlines. <laughs> oh, gosh. And, it's and sometimes they it's work. So sometimes they don't. But uh, Mac, you know what always works? Ingles. Make sure... You Boom. guys get to Ingles. We know this week, this weekend was really good for some teams, not great for some others. But if you have a good tailgate spread, you're going to win game day regardless of what your team does. Is that right, Mac? That's right. That's 100% right, KG. And, you know, I got to stop by Ingles to give me a little pick me up on the way home here because it was a long weekend. It was a long weekend. So you had to get that done. Uh, real quick, before we jump into these, these games, let's get a message from our friends over at Ingles. Did you know that Ingles sells more organics than any other store? Or that they run their own dairy? Or that they only serve USDA choice and prime meat? Did you know that they have more local craft beer than any place else? Or that they have energy smart stores? Or that they professionally slice and package imported cheese from Europe? Did you know about their giant international aisle, local farm partnerships, curbside pickup, wine department? Or that they donate 3,956 meals a day to local food banks? Well, now you do. It's all in the bag. Ingles, low prices, love the savings. Okay, Mac, we have so many games to talk about. So let's get into our big game breakdown recap. Uh, first things first, Notre Dame, NC State. We both thought that Notre Dame was going to win this game. We, we should preface this with all of these games. The weather delays were weird and affected a lot of these games in certain ways. So this game was, of course, delayed right after the delay. Estime breaks that long run. And it feels like NC State didn't really recover, but Notre Dame beats NC State 45 to 24. And Mac, I hate to sound like a broken record, but I said NC State's going to have to run the football and they did not. They still cannot run it. And it's, it's really weird, you know, that they can't, but at the end of the day, it's just, you know, when you throw it 50 times, you can't throw three picks, True, right? Like it, it's got to be better. You got to take care of the football better. And I'm doing some quick math right here, KG, just to, which is dangerous. But I do have a calculator um, just to kind of see uh, what the deal is here. Because if, if you take away that long run, uh, which, again, you can't take You can't, but it, I understand I hear that. what you're saying. It happened. But Notre Dame only rushed for 90 yards. Like, that's a that's a big deal, you know, for, for them to be able to do that. And defensively, you know, thought that for, for most of the game, they looked really good. And then you look at Sam Hartman and the things he was, he was able to do. Yes, you know, had four touchdowns. Only one completion, though, of his 15 completions were to an outside wide receiver. The others were like tight ends, running backs, maybe a slot guy, whatever it was. So those corners did their job like I thought they would. Uh, I, I just thought there would be a little bit more, you know, there and, and on the inside. And then, of course, the finish, you know, for NC State, you know, giving up 21 fourth quarter points is, is rough. Uh, and, and, you know, it's hard to beat anybody when you do that. I thought when NC State forced that fumble, I believe it was the third quarter, 
and couldn't get any points out of it, missed the field goal. That was huge. I mean, that that's it was a huge. You've got to get points in that situation. Yeah. And Mac, we talked about Sam Hartman and his turnover issues against NC State in the past. He was good. He to to throw four. I know that he didn't have the like the most prolific game passing, but he didn't make mistakes. And that to me, I feel like if he had thrown a pick or two and made some mistakes, he would have let NC State back in the game. He just didn't. He was really good in that regard. Yeah, and, and you know, still to to have you know a sixty five yard completion, forty, forty five. I mean, that, that's those are big explosive plays, and you know, getting the ball downfield. I think when you just you you know you move it back to NC State, you have to be more efficient. I mean, to go twenty two of forty eight, and as I mentioned, two pick or three picks. Um, it's hard to do. It's hard to do, and when you don't have the balance, like yes, they called thirty runs, but only to get eighty four yeah. yards on that. It, it just it has to be more. And yet again. Brennan Armstrong, the leader in the clubhouse for for run attempts there and taking mm-hmm. a lot of shots. So, you know, it's something that you continue to watch over. I thought Trent Penix would would have a much bigger piece of this offense. He only had one catch. Jordan Houston thought that maybe he'd be a versatile guy and be able to, you know, get out of the backfield. He only had one catch for for no yards. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting. You know, th- this team has to continue to figure out who they are, uh, continue to find playmakers that can take shots and and be – you know, these prolific guys to get separation and all these different things that, you know, a lot of teams, quite frankly, are dealing with right now, uh, but not able to get it. True. And NC State does have their VMI next, and then they have Virginia. So two games that they should win before they host Louisville on a Friday night. So plenty of time to get right if you're NC State. Let's go to this next game, Mac. And this was a game that you and I called. We called it, baby. We both went four and four in our picks this week. So not exactly the best week. We're going to be honest with you. But this one we're proud of. Miami dominates Mac. Miami beats Texas A&M 48-33. And Miami gave A&M 14 points in the first half with the block punt and the muff punt. So what could this game have been if Miami didn't make those mistakes? But Tyler Van Dyke, I know he had some really prolific passing games in his freshman year. But to me, this was the best game that I've ever seen him play. When you look at the opponent, the moment, no mistakes. He was just excellent, Mac. Yeah. Yeah. And taking shots. I mean, controlling the tempo, you know, finding his guys, extending plays, not because he had to because of pressure, but because, you know, guys weren't open and and making things happen that led to touchdowns. I was thoroughly impressed with how he managed the game, but also how he pushed the game. Like he set the tempo uh, for those guys and his receivers. I mean, you you nailed this KG with, uh, you know, Restrepo and being his guy and he's there just 126 yards. I stand by this. If he played last year in College Station, Miami wins. I stand by that. Yeah, I agree. I agree because they had so many drops. Like it was just that was the issue. Like he's hitting guys right in the hands and they're not catching the ball. And Restrepo obviously not out there. Also loved, you know, the the physicality from the guys up front. I know they only had 77 rushing yards, but the pocket that TVD had was beautiful. I mean, there's multiple snapshots of three plus seconds where it's just that perfect half ring. And he's just sitting there going through, okay, that guy's not there, that guy. Okay, boom, touchdown. And, uh, you know, to have five touchdowns, set the Miami record against an AP-ranked opponent for most touchdowns ever. And I think he tied the single game uh, for most touchdowns ever with five. So uh, absolutely balling out. This game went pretty close. I thought they'd run the ball a little bit more and a little more effectively. Uh, But this game was really close to how I I saw it going. And uh, look out for Miami. I mean, should be ranked. Uh, that that'll obviously come out and already be out by the time you guys are listening to this. But you know, I think that they certainly are proving a record. And I'm not quite. I hate when people say like 
the U is right. back. Like Texas is back. Like, what does that mean? Like, are they're back to having 50 first round draft picks in two years? Like, no, they're not. It's not, that's probably won't ever happen again. Well, but yeah. I do think that they're very comparable and a really good team. This is a very good step in the right direction. I think people have kind of stopped saying that with both Texas and Miami, because we've seen both those schools get big wins early and still falter. So mm-hmm. we will see. Um, I think beating Alabama on the road is more impressive than beating Texas A&M at home. Texas A&M is the most um, consistently overrated program in the history of time. So, yes, it's still a very good win. But I think even Miami fans would say, look, I don't think that A&M team is that good, but we dominated. So that's a very good sign moving forward. And I just want to – I sent Mac this tweet this morning. This is from – I'm so sorry. I'm going to mess up his name. Shihan uh, Jaraja. I'm going to go with that. But this tweet was hilarious. He goes, I'm workshopping a take that the reason Ohio State, Alabama, and Clemson have taken a step back is because Texas A&M has essentially taken 10 to 15 of the rarest D-line athletes in the sport and made them irrelevant. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. And, um, you, know. you know, I grew up hating A&M, so obviously that's where this is all coming from. But She relishes in it. She relishes in it. I thought you were about to bring up the tweet of the ACC dominating oh, the Oh, yes. I Mac, I mean, we just report facts. We just report facts. Yeah. I'll mention hey, that look, for you. If you look at the uh, if you look at the margin of victory, true uh, in the four wins, do that math real quick. It's it's pretty impressive. That's a very good point. Um, I I would do it, but it's double digits. It's a, definitely an average yeah. winning of double digits. So I did tweet this last night. The ACC is four and one versus the SEC this season. The only loss was Virginia's loss to Tennessee, but North Carolina beat South Carolina. Florida State beat LSU. Wake beat Vandy. Miami beat Texas A&M. Mac. We, those are just four games. Our point with that is that we always talk about for the ACC, you have to win these non-conference games. And overall, right. the ACC has done a really good job of that this year, and we got to give them credit. Yes, no, 100%. Now, later in the evening, that tailed off a little bit uh, here with the conference. They, they didn't get some dubs like I thought they would, but the, the brands that you want to see winning – we're going out and, and doing that thing as an ACC, as a, as a Co- Atlantic Coast Conference. So that's what's exciting to see. And, and when it you know matters, you know guys are getting it done. Correct. The, look, the ACC has been good against the SEC, but when they play these really tough conferences like the Sun Belt and the Big 12 and the Big 10, you know. <laughs> Shout out to the Fun Belt, man. <laughs> Shout out. Okay, speaking of a Big 12 opponent, Cincinnati and Pitt. Who we, mm. we were wrong on this game, Max. Cincinnati beats Pitt 27-21. What an interesting and weird game. Cincinnati basically dominated the first half. The second half, Pitt tries to make a run. They score two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, are driving with a chance to win it. Jerk takes the sack. But my biggest concern here, Mac, Phil Jerkovic's stat line, 10 of 32 for 179. He didn't throw a pick, he had three touchdowns. But 10 of 32 for 179. How concerned should we be, Mac, about Pitt? Uh, well, bad news. It could have been even worse. Yeah, like, the there was quarter. one where he just rocket launched it in the air and somehow, you know, Conta Mumfield caught it. Uh, so that's probably nine of 32, if we're being honest. And then there was another one that I, I don't know how that receiver caught it. So legitimately, you're looking at eight completions that should have happened and, and just, I don't know, was, was getting pressured. Obviously, he had five sacks, but some of those on him just, you know, waiting too long. Like, you got to grip it and rip it, man, or take off and run. Uh, one of the two, you can't just sit there. Um, and again, it, it was freaky how it happened. You know, there, there's offensive linemen feet getting stepped on, getting just bulldozed over, and it, it, it's a fast sack, right? Like that's that's crazy when you go straight through somebody because it's it's right there and happening. 
But that fourth down sack, I mean, mm. what do you think is going to happen? Right. What do you think that that defense is, is going to do yeah. on fourth down, the most pressure situation? They're going to send it. I mean, that, that's what Louisville did last year. That's what this coaching staff, who, who all came from Louisville, is going to do this year. And they sent a bunch of blitzes. And he got hit five times, sacked five times. So you've got to have a plan. And, and maybe it's even from a play-calling standpoint. Like, there should have been a guy leaking out that Phil knew, hey, if they bring seven – which they did. Quick. I know I have this guy right now. Got to get it out because uh, they played play press man on the outside and jamming guys up. There's nowhere to go with the ball. Um, so that's a, that's a tough situation there, but you cannot take a sack. I mean, at the end of the day, back up and just launch it. Like give somebody a chance uh, because the game essentially was over. And then I was pretty disappointed in, in the uh, you know pit defense as well. You know, not being able to stop the run. I thought that that was something that, man, if they could take that away, it would be really difficult for Cincinnati to do what they wanted, and they couldn't. Yeah. I mean, you look at Kiner, the transfer in there to Cincinnati, 153 yards. Like That's crazy. 216 total for Cincinnati. Um, they did just a, a really great job executing, and, and Coach Satterfield has this team rolling and, and looking really good. And on the other side, you know, Pitt just struggling. And, you know, two massive opportunities for them coming up with the backyard brawl this week and then Carolina in week Gotta four get right. there. Uh, you got to get right in a hurry. And, and, you know, I've heard from some fans, I've heard on Twitter and different things about quarterback situation at Pitt. It'll be fascinating Mm -hmm. to see how you do moving forward uh, because it's hard to win when when you're that, you know, lack of efficiency, the deficiencies, uh, you know, kind of in that game. But I know he's talented. I know he can do it. I've watched it for three years. Um, It's just a little bit of a struggle in this game. Yeah, I think, you know, when you look at those numbers and you look at this game, you can't say that the quarterback position is just completely fine and not kind of open it up a little bit. So I think Pat Narduzzi will do that. The other thing, too, is that Pitt could not run the ball either. So that really hurt them as well. Well, on the flip side, Cincinnati is running the ball. And it wasn't even with Emory Jones. We were kind of worried about Emory Jones, but it wasn't that. It was just the backs that were tearing up Pitt. Yeah. And, and again, you know, 29 runs for 83 yards, that's just – that's not going to cut it, especially with this team, right? That's what we've said for yeah, all year yeah. long. Like they, they've got to run the football, you know, at a high clip to, to, you know, be where they want to be and, and stay competitive. I am interested again in the in the quarterback position. Coach came on with us and said, "That's right." You know, maybe it is a competition. I don't know, you know. And so, does that open up now? Um, maybe a little bit. Again, I'm not just saying make the change, do whatever you got to do, but. It will be interesting. And this is how about this too, KG? Now, I'm, I'm on a tangent. I'm sorry. <laughs> Think about every other like sport in the world, every other position. Okay. If you're struggling or if you're not doing good, what happens? You get benched. You get pulled out. Somebody else comes in. Another chance, whatever it is. And it doesn't mean you're benched forever. Quarterback does not do that. Like you just ride with the guy. You know what I'm saying? If, if the offensive lineman's missing his block or doing MAs, out, next guy in. If a cornerback mm-hmm. is getting blasted, out, next guy in. If a shooter isn't hitting shots, next guy, gal in, whatever it is. And uh, quarterback, though, it, it's it's so funny. Like the most cerebral person on the field that you expect to lead your team, we think is so delicate. And this just isn't Pittsburgh. This is everybody. <laughs> all, of co- all of football, not even college football. We think that that person is too delicate that we can't take them out for a couple plays, put mm-hmm. someone else in, and then say, all right, now let's get going. Now figure it out. Because it'll it'll break them. It'll ruin them. That is so interesting, Mac, because you're right. Isn't it weird? You're right. Like, I come from a basketball background. If you miss a defensive assignment or you turn the ball over, you could go sit for a couple minutes and then go back in, right? Like, 
exactly. it, it's fine. And you rarely see, because it sends such a message in football to the fans and everyone else. Right. If you bench a guy just for a series, it's like, oh God, quarterback controversy, what's, what's going on? It, you're right. It's, it's so different than any other sport. It is. It's so weird. Why have we created this? Yeah. Crazy. It's a the quarterback position is a monster. It's true. Okay, let's get to the speed round here, Mac. And let's start with Florida State. Florida State destroys Southern Miss. Remember when I was debating if Southern Miss could cover? LOL. Ridiculous. <laughs> Florida State is locked in. 66 to 13. They just looked exceptional. Um, you got a bunch of guys in there to play. Keon Coleman had one of the most ridiculous plays you'll ever see hurdling that dude. Mac, you were there. You were in the atmosphere. You saw these guys up close. What did you see? Yeah, it was, it was fun to be there. You know, that was the first time I've been to Florida State uh, since we lost in 2014. So it's been a long wow. time uh, since I've been there and, and seen it in person and obviously from a much different vantage point now. Um, but it was great. You know, it, it was funny. I was asking a bunch of different people, you know, is it sold out? This is, I think, one of their only home games in September. Um, and uh, everybody's like, no, no, you know, it was packed. It was lit up, man. Yeah, I was looking the first. The first thing I always do is I look in the upper corners everywhere I go, mm-hmm. and that's kind of how I judge. Uh, unless it's like blatantly obvious, uh, which some places you go, it is sadly. Um, but it was packed. Everybody. I mean, there wasn't a seat in the house, which I love that. And uh, you know, the tomahawk chop was awesome. The war chant. Um, you know, seeing Renegade do his or her. That thing. is so impressive a, that they get that horse to do that. Horse. Uh, it's awesome, though. And, uh, you know, to see the spear and, and all that stuff, it was great. Awesome environment. Fun to see it in person. Um, and then just the, the amount of guys. Like, I didn't get to go to Florida State for the, the road mm-hmm. trip, right? And so, you know, to see them in person for the first time, you're just like, ooh, some good-looking dudes, man. Great athletes. Wide receivers are just huge. Um, and then to, to be able to talk with Keon, we had him on the show after the, after the game. Uh, and just a, a great dude. Super cerebral when you hear him talk. And you know, kind of how and why he got to where he is. Uh, yeah, so the nose are for real. And, and I think we got to see, uh, you know, Trey Benson go nuts, yep. you know, three touchdowns there, and just the the balanced attack from their offense. I mean, they dictate what you do defensively. If, if you, know, you try to show one thing, they're just going to force the issue the other way until you do what they want you to do and really have everything at their disposal. One thing that was interesting, and I, I hate that I'm always like the negative No, Matt, this is good. It's bad. not all sunshine and roses. That's right. It's not. I have to do it. Uh, there was a lot of drops. There yeah. was like seven drops. Um, and again, you know, coming off a big game, I understand it is what it is. Southern Miss was making good plays, getting their hands on the football. But I mean, that, it could have been a lot worse, which is crazy to think about. Uh, and the efficiencies, the numbers, all those things could have been sky high. Uh, but no question. The Knowles are for real. I, I still, again, think they're the best team in the country. And, uh, you know, it's it's Big test this weekend, right? Boston College. They go away. <laughs> yeah, you're going on the road. But, Mac, to your point about FSU being the best team, some people were clowning you for that. But, again, you're going off of what you've seen. And look at these other top teams. Like, has Ohio State looked great? No. Has Georgia looked great? No, they haven't played anybody. Has Michigan looked unbeatable? No. So, I mean, Bama just lost. So, to your point, I think that's – that's that you're adding that in, too, right? It's not just Florida State. It's look at the rest of the country. And yeah. these other teams have not really had a chance to prove themselves. Right. And, you know, one one other thing, you've you mentioned that and you bring up all these teams. One thing that I, as I'm kind of keeping my uh, my pulse on the nation here. Of course. I think that the 12-team playoff this year would have been nuts. Like, there's some real depth this year, I think. And I think at the end of the year, we're going to be like, we need more than four. Like, it, there's too good of people. Yeah. And it always works itself out. Maybe I, I'll sound crazy by the time we get there. But 
I'm just looking around at all these quarterbacks that came back again because of NIL, all these other opportunities. We haven't had, you know, this type of return in a long time. True. There's a lot of depth across the country, and it's uh, some good football. And yeah, I, again, don't want to wish the season away, but I can't wait for the postseason. It's going to be fun. Well, speaking of that, these next three teams, the next three ranked teams we're going to hit on North Carolina, Duke, and Clemson. If we had a 12-team playoff this year, Florida State obviously is is going to have a very good chance to make the four-team playoff. Yep. If we had 12, you'd think one of these other teams would have. And, of course, UNC and Duke are still undefeated. They've yeah. got every chance in the world. And Clemson, who the heck knows? But you're right. That could be really interesting. So let's talk. You've mentioned Florida State, maybe a little letdown, not in the score. North Carolina, major letdown after the South Carolina win. And I was kicking myself. The <laughs> idea that we took UNC to cover – in a crazy situation versus app, which those games are always crazy, yeah. in a classic letdown spot, classic, and no Tez Walker, I am truly mad at myself, people. I apologize. This was idiotic to take UNC to cover, in my personal opinion. UNC still wins. They find a way. Over time, they miss the kick at the end of regulation. Find a way. Drake May made some huge plays down the stretch. But, Mac, I know what you love to see. Omarion Hampton, your dude that yes. you have been talking about since he was his first camp was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Let him eat. Let him eat. I mean, to go for 26, 230 yards, three That's touchdowns. Crazy. Freak show. And, and, you know, it's so funny to me last year, and I don't know the ins of outs. I, I should probably ask Coach Brown, honestly, about it one day. But everything that I had heard from last year of why he didn't do, you know, more, play more was, oh, he couldn't pass protect. I don't give a flip if he can pass protect. <laughs> Hand the ball off. Oh, it, it gives away tendencies. You still got to stop it. Guess what? Absolutely. Look at this man. He's a beast. He's such a monster. It was awesome to see. Um, and I think really, KG, everything you just said there about why you shouldn't have picked made sense. But why I did pick is because I thought this defense was going to change the Leafs. I thought it was going to be, you know, a lot better. And, and especially against going from a Power 5 team to, you know, yeah. a G5 team here, it just made a lot of sense to me. Uh, and yet that wasn't the case. Zero sacks. They did get some tackles for loss. Zero sacks. Um, but just, you know, getting ran all over. You know, App State yeah. ran it 44 times, 200 yards. Uh, you know, Noel, Nate Noel, who's a dog. I mean, I've covered him for a handful of years now and, uh, you know, just couldn't be stopped. And it was just, it was, it was classic. Like you said, I mean, this game, we should have known the three times that they played. Uh, it, it's been a crazy game and that's a miss by us. Sorry. Whoever we lost money on that, we apologize. We will learn from our mistakes. Um, I did like. The good thing is they don't play. That's the good thing. They don't play. Yeah. Hopefully ever again. Well, in the press conference, they asked, like, Mac, do you want to reschedule this? And he's like, no, but I encourage NC State and East Carolina to play them. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was hilarious. (laughs) Okay. Before we move on to Duke, um, any concerns about Drake May only passing for 200 yards? Like we said, he made some huge plays down the stretch. He didn't have any picks, but no passing touchdowns. And they passed it 30 times. They ran it 45. I think we all knew Chip Lindsey was going to run it a little more. But any concerns about how the offense looked, Mac? Well, I, I think when you break it down, okay, they ran it 45 times. Why did they do that? Because they could. I, I don't think Drake True. was forcing True. the issue, right? Like he had some big plays and he had some really nice throws. And I think actually the one that you know was was super sweet was when he was getting tackled for a loss and he just kind of flipped it out there like a quick kind of that was pitch, crazy, yeah. Uh, to 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 his guy, I can't remember. I think it was a running back. Um, but that was really cool. So, you know, obviously from a Heisman number standpoint, you you want him to do better because, you know, as that keeps, you know, getting farther and farther, some guys are just, you know, these numbers are getting out of hand quick and he might be out of that race before it starts. 
Um, but no, I, I think operating with what the defense gives you, they were playing back in coverage, light box. You got to run the ball. And they did. And they proved that they could. I think that's the most important thing is, you know, we talk about balance all the time, KG, in, in a sense of run it 20 times, throw it 20 times. Being balanced truly means when a defense presents you with X, you can do Y. Like that's balance where you can have mm. answers for what they give you. And, and North Carolina proved that. Now, again, I know this isn't the world beaters of, of you know, the conference, you know, anything of that nature, the best defense they might ever seen. But the fact that they could do it, uh, I think is important and, and surely will help them as they continue to get into conference play. Yep, I agree. And yeah, we know App's a Sunbelt too, but App looked pretty good to me. <laughs> I mean, App came in there with, from last year, the idea that we should go win this game. And so yep. UNC finding a way to survive, I think that, I mean, it means a lot for them going forward when you look at playoff chances, bowl, big bowls, all that stuff. Their rival down the road, another game that had a, a rain delay and just was played in a lot of rain, but Duke beats Lafayette 42 to 7. Mac, I'm not sure we learned too much. They ran the ball a ton. Riley Leonard was 12 for 12 for 136. And then his backup was 8 for 8 for 118. The backup looked pretty good. Uh, but overall, Duke just – they handled their business, Mac, as as any ranked team should. That's what yeah. the Duke Blue Devils are. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny. We were kind of working, I believe, when this game first came on. And I look at the score just from my phone, and it's 7-7. I'm like, yeah, it was. you – have got to be kidding. Like, this is not about to happen. <laughs> While the Clemson, Charleston, Southern nonsense right. is happening, and Max is like, oh, God. The world is ending. Like, what is <laughs> happening? Um, and, and then, of course, Duke does their thing, blows them out of the water. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, 100% from the from the field, from your quarterbacks. That's amazing. Has that ever happened? I'm not sure. And, and then two guys. You do it with two guys. Uh, so super efficient, super effective. Uh, love running the football. I mean, this this team, man, they're, they're, they're fun to watch. They're, they're super special. And you know, just going to continue to see, you know, when they need Riley the most, you know, what is he able to do? And, you know, they go to, to you know, play a Big Ten team next week in Northwestern and then at UConn. Why are we traveling to UConn? UConn um, is out here playing an ACC schedule. Yeah, they're, they're asterisks in the ACC for UConn. Uh, and then another asterisk in the ACC, uh, Notre Dame after Notre that. Dame, so yeah. uh, they've got a little stretch here um, before it's like a brutal stretch with Notre Dame, NC State, at Florida State, at Louisville. Um, you know, wake and at Carolina. So that that's gonna we're gonna find out a lot about Duke really, really quickly here. Yeah, and Duke has the Northwestern at home. Last year they went there. So that in Northwestern it's kind of in shambles. So that should be fine. At UConn, your yeah, I know, famous last words. Um, your first road test, NC State handled them. You should win that game. Then you host Notre Dame. So this Duke schedule coming up is gonna get really, really interesting, Mac. Okay, the game that a lot of our listeners probably want to hear you talk about specifically, Clemson beats Charleston Southern 66-17. to Ooh, we're back, um, baby. The Tigers yeah. are back. I don't know the last time Clemson scored 60 points, so that's huge. <laughs> but Clemson was only up 24-17 at the half. It was tied 14-14 at the end of the first quarter. Clemson literally gave Charleston Southern 14 points with Cade Klubnick's two bad turnovers. But... After those turnovers, Klubnik really seemed to settle in. And his numbers, if you didn't watch the game and you just see his numbers, you're thinking, okay, that looks pretty good. Right. So, Mac, just I'm going to open it up for you. Yeah, G- yeah. Give me your thoughts. Well, I appreciate it. Well, first of all, I, I have to um, give a stern talking to our friend Drew Carter. Uh, he was leaning in a little bit too much of this Clemson suffering. Uh, as a Syracuse guy, I need you to back off, buddy. Okay? A little, little too many jokes. A little too many, what are the Tigers going to do? Here we go. Uh, so I'll have a talking to Drew. Don't you guys worry. 
I'll get that straight. I'll get that figured out. We'll get that corrected with with Drew. Um, anyway, uh, th- when I look at the game, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where – are you a Men in Black fan? Have you ever seen that movie? Movies? I'm not sure I have. Is that bad? Here's here's breaking news. Kelly hasn't seen any movie ever. So anyway, so there's this little device, KG. kind of looks like this. And they hold it up, and they click a button, and it flashes. And you mm. don't remember, like, however long. It can go back, like, your whole life. It can go back a day, mm. whatever it is. So I use that machine on myself. Um, and I took the first half away. It was a great game by Clemson. They look fantastic. You know, they're back. They're moving the ball. 28 points in the third quarter. Great adjustments. Uh, running the ball well. Cade throwing the ball well. Uh, but, yeah, to, to address that first half, um, again, it's laughable, the crap that is happening yeah. to these guys and how it's happening. And you're just like, what is going on? So, first of all, the fumble. I did when I first saw it. And again, I'm watching a hundred thousand different things. Right. We're moving all over the place. I'm not just sitting here staring at one thing. Max, a um, busy man. It's a little bit busy. Uh, and I thought it was Kate's fault. I was ticked. I was like, what is happening? This is the easiest thing ever to hand the football off. And then I go back and watch it. Number one, clearly offsides. The defense should have never even happened. Should have been a dead ball, uh, which is crazy. Just and that's a lot of that's a big turnaround with points there uh, on the referees. But then the second thing, the snap was bad. It's to the left, right where the running back's going. Cade, like, never has a, a hand on it. And then it bounces off Maffa, and you're just like, what is going on? So that that was bad, obviously, center exchange. Um, the pick, though. That was. That, <laughs> that was one of the worst plays I think I've ever seen. Um, that was, seen Matt, would of- you say the pick, that pick was worse than any play you made at Duke? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because, number one, there were guys wide open. I sent you the screenshot. Like, why? And he's looking at him. So I don't know what what the hesitation was, but he's staring at him wide open. And then there's other guys wide open when he turns his head. Then there is pressure. There's leakage. I get it. If you want to blame the offensive line, that's fine. That's why we're here. Uh, but take the sack. Do not throw it up 40 yards in the air to, to nobody. And it's a pick. Like, <laughs> number one, that's how you get hurt trying to throw the ball like that. Number two – that's how you kill your team. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. that was bad. That was a, a hopefully a really big learning moment. Not good at all. Um, but again, he recovered. He looked great after that. And, and my question is, why does it take that to get to that point? You know what? What does it take this bad play to get to scoring sixty six by the end of the day? There, uh, but they figured it out. Got it going. I, I, I think you're you're impressed to see anytime your team scores over fifty points. Um, and the way they did it, getting young guys involved. I mean, the young, I was very impressed with the young guys. We talk about mm-hmm. being 100%. Clemson's two backup quarterbacks, five for five and, and three for three with a touchdown. Um, so good to see that. Good to see some skill players get involved and get hungry. Um, and then, of course, Bo Collins, you know, kind of emerging and, and yeah. being the guy that we thought. I do have a bone to pick with Bo, too, though. Finish the freaking drill. Like, don't be celebrating 10 yards out. Like, come on. Like, what are we doing? You're, you're, you're a grown man. You're not some kid that just got to college. Let's, let's get it going and, and finish the game. And you're playing Charleston Southern. Yeah. Right? Like, like is on. that, is that no, the time to we celebrate? Do we don't do that. That's and, you know, Dabo let Bo hear that, but Mac, I, I, I think you summed it up really well. So the fact that Cade bounced back after those terrible, those terrible plays uh, was really good. His second half was excellent. So I think he can build on that. And I was watching the huddle. I thought Coach Rick said something really interesting. And I don't know if you agree with this. Clemson and Clemson fans are now at the point where this Florida State game is either going to save the season or it's going to really continue to bring the season down. Do you agree with that? Um, 
No. I, I mean, I don't want to give them that much power, right? Like, it's uh, it's one of those things where uh, they're still the standard, right? They're still the standard in the league. But and from an ACC be, title race. No, it is. Like, to it, get, to, get yeah, to two to losses two in the league this early, hard. You, you really it's can't hard. recover from that. It is. It is. And, again, maybe this is my inner tiger creeping out, and I'm sorry. But Clemson's still the standard bear. And, uh, you know, I, I think that that game's going to be fascinating. I think how confident my guy EJ is, I love. And just let me tell you this, it's going to be unbearable if Clemson wins that game. Just know that. Just know that. So we'll see. Um, but, yeah, I think it's certainly intriguing. And for Clemson fans, you asked me for two perspectives there. Yeah. I think for Clemson fans, yeah, like it's something where – It is. That game is at an all-time high for not only importance, but, you know, having to win that, proving that you can win that and seeing what your team is. You got one more week to get ready. I think certainly the second half you feel a lot better, uh, but but need to see a absolute clean game in week three here as FAU comes to town and the huddle comes to town. Okay, Mac, let's get to our speed round here. And this game, I was wrong. I had Vandy covering. I, sh- I should have had much more respect for the Deeks. Wake beats Vanderbilt 36-20. to 20. I thought Wake looked, looked good, Mac. They scored the ball really well. They looked good offensively. And Griffiths, you know, not super prolific, but – didn't make any mistakes, yeah. and they ran the ball well. Wake did. Yeah, super, super effective, Mitch Griffiths. And, uh, you know, a couple of touchdowns, some big plays, uh, throwing that ball. And, and you always love to see it. The 50-50 ball for, you know, Jamal Banks is, is much more like a 90-10. Like, that guy's <laughs> yeah. getting that ball. Uh, and then good to see Keyshawn Williams, you know, stepping up and, and being a ball player. But this running game, KG, was amazing. And it's so funny. That, that was one of my biggest points is, like, I wanted to see that get back to what I thought it could be. and and. Breaking news, we didn't even know that their you know best running back was out, that he was hurt. Uh, and, and so we saw the emergence of Tate Carney. If you remember him, his brother, uh, Cade Carney, was a freak at Wake Forest. So we've got another Carney. I feel great. This running attack is, is going to be electric. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to see how does that continue to grow and do they have this kind of three-headed monster emerging at running back, which we know will be fantastic for the Deeks. Yeah, to run the ball well, that's what that offense needs. Mac, to be honest, the one game I did not get to watch any of was Purdue-Virginia Tech because I have Spectrum. So I I have a YouTube TV free trial, but because that game was delayed and then it was like not on TV anymore, I couldn't watch it on YouTube TV and then I couldn't watch it on my Spectrum on ESPN Plus because that was through Spectrum. So Virginia Tech loses to Purdue 24-17. to I know they had a super long delay. Tell me what happened here. Well, it was crazy. I mean, it was a five-plus-hour delay. I mean, it was bonkers. And the good thing is, you know, at least for VT, is they're at home, you know, so they have their, you know, stuff. They have uh, their locker room, which, you know, that can be brutal. There's some away locker rooms I've been to, KG, that are just, number one, tiny. And so it's hot in there. You got all these big bodies walking around, whatever, so it's brutal. And then also, like, the smallest bench you could ever think of to sit on. So, I don't know how Virginia Tech's away is. It's obviously not that bad because Purdue came out swinging and was able to win the game. But, you know, I think that, number one, I saw Grant Wells leave the game. I don't know what his injury is, what the concern is there. And, of course, I saw Ollie Jennings leave the game. And it, it, it looks like a an ankle injury, maybe a high ankle sprain, which is not good because that takes forever to heal. And so now you're, you're concerned for VT, you know, moving forward there. But, Five hours. I mean, that's brutal. I almost wish that they would have rescheduled the game, which they had. I, I heard the opportunity was presented to them. Both their buys align a certain way, and they could play it again. And apparently, both coaches said, "No, we want to play now." And and 
you know, maybe it would have been better not to play, but that's hindsight. And, uh, you know, it's a, just a tough situation to not play for five hours is crazy. It would be tough to give up your bye week. So I kind of understand that with uh, Virginia Tech and Purdue. Mac, BC gets a win. They beat Holy Cross uh, by the skin of their teeth. And then Georgia Tech looks really good against South Carolina State. Any quick thoughts on both those teams? Well, number one, Boston College terrifying us again. Uh, And listen, Holy Cross is a really good team, right? I think they were on an 18-win game winning streak, uh, which is crazy. You have to put that in account. But BC, come on. Got to get going. Uh, You know – Castellanos is interesting. I have thoughts on this because I think that there's some actions that he does and some kind of individual celebrating that I don't love, you know, and, and that hurt his team at one point. You know, I got him a 15-yard penalty. Uh, first of all, he's short on the line to gain on like a fourth and or third, whatever it was, and then he gets a 15-yard penalty back it up, and that put BC in a really weird spot, but they got it done. They won the game, uh, you know, your consolation prizes, you have Florida State coming to town next week. So, uh, you know, have to get ready for that. And then, yeah, GT was good to see them get back on pace. Uh, you know, our guy Haynes King delivering strikes, really had a good game for himself. And, you know, I, I think that his pace and tempo is going to be something that, you know, people have to be ready for and, and really get going for him to throw four touchdowns, uh, you know, to, to just the way that he can move that pocket and move the ball is, is something that's going to be important for Georgia Tech, you know, moving forward all year. Agreed. Love what Haynes King brings there at Georgia Tech. Mac, I told you Virginia was going to cover. They still lose to James Madison 36-35. I thought that the delay hurt Virginia as well in this game. But shout out Mike Collins with two touchdowns. Just an incredible story. And Calandria looked pretty good for Virginia. If Tony Musket's out for the foreseeable future, it might not be an absolute, you know, terrible thing for them. Mm -hmm. But you can't blow this lead if you're Virginia. They had it, Mac. Yeah, and again, to, to score 21 in the third, come out, really make adjustments, feel great about what's happening, and then to give up 12 and you give none in the fourth is is hard. It's a difficult thing to, to be able to overcome. I agree, though, Calandria looked great. I mean, we haven't we haven't seen that in a long – since 21, you know, since Brennan was slinging it around like that. Super effective, 20 of 26. I mean, I, I'm not sure what the situation is with Musket, you know, injury-wise, but – I mean, this might be the guy, you know, because he was throwing some absolute strikes. Our guy, Kobe Pace, was heavily involved in the game. Um, and then great to see Mike Collins score a couple of touchdowns. His brother, his little brother there, what that means to this team, having that first home game. But, yeah, brutal to lose to those guys. A really good JMU team. Um, I was not surprised by the the victory for the, the Dukes there at all. Yeah, shout out to JMU. And if you want more Sunbelt coverage, you should listen to Frary and Smith. Hey. Those guys, they do a really good uh, Sunbelt pod. Mac, our last game, Syracuse beats Western Michigan 40-7. to They cover. That's really all that matters. But unfortunately, the, we could talk about the game. Aronde Gadsden getting hurt and coming out in a boot. This is not what I want to hear on September 9th, 2023, Mac. No, it's really not. And, and hopefully it's precautionary. Um, you know, I should have mentioned this earlier, but with Cam Kitchens and, and you know, his head injury, uh, you know, I, I think that that's kind of precautionary too. When a guy, it looked like he was knocked out for a second. I think that the medical staff took every you know precaution possible. Uh, it sounds like everything is is in a good spot. Uh, I saw a picture, you know, of him in the hospital with his family and and looking good. And then Coach Cristobal, you know, kind of addressing it with, without having probably a ton of information, but said everything seemed normal from what he had heard from the doctor. So that's great. And then hopefully, same thing with Aranda here. You know, guys, if you have any type of lower body injury, they, they try to prevent it quickly, right? Like, let's put a boot on it, get you on crutches, and then who knows? You know, we'll do x-rays, MRIs, all that stuff, and, and see. 
I haven't seen anything yet today, uh, but man, that that will be a significant blow to Syracuse if they don't have that young man and can't get him going. And going to Purdue next week, Purdue also playing an ACC schedule. Uh, that's interesting. <laughs> but going to Purdue on the road without Gadsden, if he isn't able to play, I don't love that for Syracuse, but let's just hope that he is okay. And a good dominant win, you know, good job by Syracuse, but that was the biggest point from that game that concerned me. Yeah, yeah, same here. Um, totally agree with you, KG, but that was it. That was a big week. A lot of games, 14 ACC games, everybody out of conference. we got another massive week coming up this weekend. Uh, I think there's one crossover game, so we'll have still a lot of games to talk about. Backyard Brawl, we're going to be previewing that on Wednesday. Massive guest, cannot wait for that. It's going to be a ton of fun. And then, of course, Friday, we're going through all the games, and it's going to be great. Cannot wait. We're going to get back on track with our picks, KG. I promise you, we're going to be back over 50%. Stop picking with our heart and mm. pick with our bank accounts. Again, I apologize for the UNC pick. Um, I am, I, I, Mac, you have more faith in them. I feel like an idiot. I feel like that was just an obvious letdown. And I will learn from my mistakes. I will improve and we'll get better next week. You Thanks. will never see a more dedicated team to picking than right here. Shout out Tim Tebow for the speech. Uh, anyway, that's it from us, guys. Another great episode. Appreciate you tuning in. Thanks for joining us. Shout out to Ingles, our great partner, and all that they do for us. And also our producer, Richmond Weaver, guys. Can't do any of this without him. Had a couple of little you know, events in this podcast. He's going to have to work. That's why we pay him the big bucks, and he'll make us sound great. But thank you guys again. We need you to go over to YouTube, subscribe, leave some comments. Join this party. It's always so much fun over here. And, of course, the OGs over on Apple Podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe there as well. Uh, we greatly appreciate that. But until next time, we'll see you.